Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, Carlton spent some time with Laros Tough, learning the fine art of fighting without raging. Travancore had a brief conversation with Olivia Passerak, and Bernie and Jonathan permanently disposed of the body of the doppelganger they had killed. Then the party went back to the pocket house to debrief and release Derek Marn from their basement. They took him back to his inn so he could collect some of his things and leave town to try and restart a life somewhere new. Most of the valuables is well as most of the furniture from the fixer's lair, is moved into the pocket house for safekeeping. And finally, the party gets a chance to take a long rest for the night. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy. I'm still drinking Guinness because I have discovered that I'm too busy during the week to drink beer right now. And so this is the same Guinness from, let's just say, last week. Because it's taking me a while, okay? Bernie, what are you drinking? Um, it's Wednesday, so I'm drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're recording on an off day, which has, has us a little off, but that's okay. Water is good. Water is life. Is it at least like sparkling water? Or no, little... it's water from the sink. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, the sink. I, I, okay, so I'm going to be going on vacation. I don't have anything in my fridge. That's okay. Water is just fine. Travancore, do you also have water? No. Hello, enablers. The Viceroy's choice this evening is a combination of uh, my wife's uh, iced tea, with a little bit of lemon in there, and uh, some of the uh, the Paul Masson apple brandy, brandy from a couple weeks ago. Ooh. Is it required that it is your, your wife's iced tea in order to make this drink? Yeah, otherwise it'd be cheating. Fair enough. Carlton, are you cheating on your drink? <laughs> no, no, Victory Brewing Company, Golden Monkey. I would never be unfaithful to you. You are delicious, and I love you. Aw. And you're delicious and a monkey. Yes, a golden monkey. <laughs> Jonathan, are you drinking a monkey? I am not. I am also Jonathan the Magimuscular, and tonight, I... So, this is so a little weird. I came up with the drink name first, and then tried to fit something to it. So, on Monday, I had the pre the pleasure of watching... White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer do a lot of this, do a lot of dancing. And I was just thinking, you know, Spicy, you're a liar. So I came up with a drink called the Spicy Liar. It looks like a beer, but it's not. It is actually uh, green apple vodka, some fireball, and a, a bit of apple juice to cut it. It's not great. Like Spicer. It, like Spicer. But hold on, it gets better, because well, after wait, you have worse. a spicy liar, you get screwed. And you get screwed with the screwdriver. Cheers. That's also orange like the president. Slanchia. Oh, but oranges, <laughs> like, look, okay, look, oranges are such a nice fruit, and what they did are. they ever yeah. do to deserve this? They didn't, they didn't Nothing. ask for like, this. Like, I'm sorry, I like Cheetos, and I don't think it's fair, because now I can't eat a bag of Cheetos anymore. And carrots. All the carrots. But listen. And Doritos. I really like Doritos and Orange <laughs> Crush. Listen, 
you guys just spent the last couple of in-game days in Amphail dealing with a lot of political shit, but it's it's pretty much all over. And as you wake up this morning ready to face whatever comes next, you wake up knowing that at least most of your job here in Amphail is done, and, and you also wake up at sixth level. Yay! Woo! I've been prepping for this for God knows fucking how long. I already have my sheet ready. The only thing is I need to figure out how many hit points I've got. I will let you know. Oh, well, you guys have the option. You can either roll for them or you can take the average. If you look up in your player's handbook, which I happen to have right here under cleric, it'll tell you. I think I have, well, I have gnome. That's great. Thanks a lot, gnome, for not being there when I need you. You're gnomeware to be found. Oh, you're the worst. I swear to the good Queen Bay, I will refuse to heal you. I'm going to start, like, can I do this? Can I do this? Am I allowed to roll to heal them in minus one for every pun they have? Like, if I heal them for <laughs> ten, it's actually nine points because they made a pun in this game, and that's now bueno. Wait, so if we go over what you roll, do we have to, like, give you our health, like, as temporary yes, hit points? Yes, in fact, you do. That's the new rule. <laughs> I'm instituting it right now. I'm not sure if that's exactly how it works, but hey, as someone who also is not a fan of puns, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, Carlton, was that groaning I heard? Was that you rolling your... No, that your... was me groaning at his terrible pun. I took the average. Oh, okay. Because I've learned my lesson after rolling like a one or a two numerous times to just take yes. the average. Take the a- Always take the average. So, Bernie, you have two options. As a cleric, what you get back every uh, every level, you gain either 1d8 plus your constitution modifier per level for hit points, or you can choose to take the average plus your constitution modifier. Um, you have to decide before you roll. I'm going to take the average plus my con. There you go. What's the average, though? Uh, for you, it's five. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. It's always like one over middle is basically what you get. So five and then whatever your constitution modifier is, which is yours is probably okay. Mine's plus four, so it makes sense to always take the average. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. So all of you took the average plus your your con? Yep. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So you guys are sitting around your breakfast table, which is the the very simple table that the Modrons made for you guys uh, a little while back, discussing how much healthier and heartier you are. I feel like I lost 10 pounds. <laughs> I feel like I just went to the doctor and and got a checkup and feel great. What would you like to do? It is It is the morning of, I believe it's the 10th? Uh, yes. Jonathan the Magic Muscular walks, you hear the portal whoosh. And Jonathan, the magic muscular, kind of like zombie walks into the living room and just plops down. Guys, I don't know what to do. Hey, how'd the planter boxes look on your way in? Um, they looked great. About what? I So last night, I, I added a spell to my spell book. And then this, all through the night and then this morning, I did some studying and figured out some new spells. And then one of those spells was sending. And I just... I, I, I don't know what why. So the first person I sent was Dorvi because we've been out of contact for so long. What do you mean you don't know why she was the first person you sent? No, no, I don't know why for for this reason. So I sent her a message telling her that we're all alive, where we are, and how Greenest is. 
And the answer I got back was, well, I'm glad you're alive. That's And good? that's it. Well, no. In fairness, it has only been 10 days since you left Greenest. But I don't understand why... I, I got the impression she was pissed off, and I don't know what to do. It's been may, a- I, may I offer my my expertise in this matter? I would Sleeping love is some. wonderful, and getting woken up in the middle of the night kind of sucks. Maybe that was it. No, I no, I I messaged her this morning. Oh, I like said last like, night. Like just now. Did you say you up? Because that's not a good way to start a message. No, I didn't. Uh, I figured since we were sleeping in a bit, it was uh, it wasn't too early to message someone. Because I'm with you, I don't want to be getting sendings in the middle of the night saying, "Hey, what you thinking about?" That's not no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I I I can send her something else, and I've kind of figured out on the walk down here what I would say, but I'm not sure. It's been a while, and quite frankly, there's not there's I've never met anyone like Dorveen, so well, I I am confuzzled. Truthfully, I don't mean a lot of people like her either, because I've never met a tiefling, but that's, a, no, I think we're talking about two different things. What do you want to say to her? And I'll tell you how bad it is. <laughs> okay, so here, so my first message was, hi, Dorveen, it's Jonathan the Metamuscular. Sorry for the mental intrusion. How are you? We are good, alive and well at Amphale. How's Greenest? And we, I, I got the impression that she was pissed off, but... I, she also answered. She could have just not answered. She wasn't compelled to. But this is kind of what I want to say back. I am truly sorry for. I'm truly sorry for leaving abruptly. We bargained with the dragon and found ourselves here. My feelings haven't changed. You're still in my heart. And I just realized, saying that out loud, I meant to keep that in private. And Jonathan Magivuscular kind of like shifts, and he, he like, he is looking like. As meek as you've ever seen him. Is your face turning as red as Dorveen's? No, he's not. It's not red. It's just kind of like shifty. That could bode well for your children. Yeah, so I would not say I bar- we bargained with a dragon that tried to destroy your bar. That's yeah. probably better to leave that bit out. You could say we had to deal with the dragon. We dealt with the dragon. Because that also refers okay. to bargaining. Also, does she know you're supposed? she's supposed to be in your heart? Is that where she knows she resides? Um... Maybe well, she's also in your liver? Uh, well, she's definitely that, too. I, I, I do love her drinks, but I don't know. I thought we had a connection, and I thought it was reciprocated. And Wait, 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 wait. But how, 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 how reciprocated? Not, no, like, no, 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 we, we haven't no, had... No, that's what I mean, like... How was there a verbal like I reciprocate? That's not what she would have said, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I, um, I think <laughs> I when when we were fighting, I definitely got the impression that she was sad that I was gone, and she was wondering where and she was wondering where I was. Not in the oh hey where where have you been? Come on, let's fight. She was like where have you been? And she seemed how about. I, I don't know. I miss you. Okay. Instead of you're in my heart, because you're in my heart really only gives her one way to go. And if she doesn't go that way, friend, like, here's the thing. Do you want to be like, it's up to you. 
If you tell her she's in your heart, that's hardcore romantic feels right there. So you could tell her that and she will either reciprocate, say nothing, or just say straight up no. Now you could also tell her that you miss her presence, something that leaves the door open for her to be like, yeah, I miss being around you too. But that's going to lead like to hours and hours of you wondering what she means. Yeah. Hmm. So you can either bite the bullet and slice your arm off real quick, or you can get a nice stab wound that's going to take ages and ages to fester. Yeah. And you see Jonathan the Magic Muscular go, you're right. Quick is better. And he closes his eyes and casts Sending. Oh, well, I guess (laughs) we, okay. And while he's doing that, our more astute uh, listeners will remember that Travancore made the decision in Waterdeep to grow a beard. I'd like to sort of inspect my beard and check my progress after it's only been a few days. Okay. Travancore, go ahead and roll a perception check. <laughs> roll a beard check. I love, I love it. Like, is it a Why beard? Not? Let me How luscious my is my beard? Well, I have a half elf, so I'm not sure if that affects things or not, but uh, let's I take a look. I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a great roll anyway, so I got an eight. Okay. You, you don't have a mirror handy except for that little tiny pocket mirror that you've got that you got from Kyla at some point in the past yeah and so you you kind of feel around on your face and it, it feels like a beard and then you pull out the pocket mirror and you're doing your best to kind of check everywhere and look and see if there's any patches and it's slow to grow it's once again only been like like a week seven eight days yeah. since you left water deep and while that would be plenty of time for a human to get like a lot of beard the half elf is a little slower but you've got You've definitely got more than a five o'clock shadow. It's scraggly. It's it's going to need some keeping soon, or else you're going to start to look like Me. less like a noble <laughs> and and more like the 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 wandering mercenary that people keep thinking that you are. So not quite a Van Dyke yet, but uh, but some no. progress. Every ten episodes, yeah, I'll progress. be doing a beard check going forward. All right, good to know. <laughs> Jonathan, you cast Ascending uh, as everybody's examining the half-elf's beard. What would you like to say? I say uh, what I said earlier. I am truly sorry for leaving abruptly. We dealt with the dragon and bound ourselves here. My feelings haven't changed. You're still in my heart. And thanks to word count, that should be right at 24 words. So I had a word to spare if I, if I <laughs> I'm needed like it. like tweeting at her, but not even. Yeah, pretty much sending. I cast the- Twitter. <laughs> you send me, darling. Okay, so mark off that spell Buck, slot. Send this message for me. <laughs> you send that off to Dorveen, and everybody sits. And after checking out Travancore's beard, you don't have to say it out loud. You kind of think it, and the the thought goes out. But it's pretty obvious when you you cast this spell what's going on, and it's pretty hard for everybody to not be intently looking at you. Even Shadow is just kind of staring intently. I get right up close you. to your ear and I go, "Hi, Dorveen, can you hear me? I miss you." But not like he misses you. <laughs> Just as Bernie is finishing saying, uh, but not like he misses you. Like trailing off in one ear and in the back of your head, you then hear Dorveen come in and you almost miss the first word or two that she says because you're hearing this half, this gnome in your ear being all all fun and sarcastic. Uh, but you do hear Dorveen. She sounds a little calmer than before. And she says, Well, you did leave very abruptly. It was a bit of a shock. 
but I am glad you are okay. Please come back soon. And uh, so when when I get the ping back, I kind of close my eyes and kind of stiffen up. I don't actually know how if sending does that, but that's kind of what I think. And because uh, I'm like paying Worse attention. And so I open my eyes and I get a big grin. I'm like, guys, whatever's in the crypt garden, let's go kick his ass so we could go back to greenest. What'd because she say? Reggie's What'd she there. Say? What'd she say? What'd she say? What'd she say? She said, and, and at this point, like, I, I'm comfortable Do it with in you the guys. Accent. Cats out of the bag. I, I do would, it in the well, accent. I would just like, no, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I'll try and do my best to repeat. Well, you did leave rather abruptly. I am glad you are okay. Please come back soon. That was spot on. I thought Doreen was in the room for a second. I know, totally. <laughs> I just, um, I have a question. This is going to be personal in nature, but given that I'm probably going to be tending to your bruises, do you like being submissive? Because she's going to spend a lot of time beating you up when Listen, you get back. We're not here to kink shame. I don't. No, I don't, I'm not I don't kink think... shaming. I'm just saying that in relationships like this, you should probably consult your doctor, and that happens to be me. <laughs> okay, so I I will probably need a burn cream or two, and and yes, uh, treatment for bruises because, I mean, I. Well, we could probably pick up a salve at Kyla's. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. and we have to go yes. there anyway. Yes, I, I will pick up a burn salve salve at uh, at uh, Kyla's. Okay, so I actually I did get some feedback from the show, and some people are really dissatisfied with how I how I per- pronounce salve and salve like interchangeably and randomly. Well, they can deal. Um, I have a quick question. Is there a place in town where I can buy a pair of handcuffs to mail to Dorvian <laughs> as a product? I'm pretty sure you could probably find manacles somewhere. Yeah. You don't know of one, but you, you're you pretty sure that you can figure something out. Ooh, we'll go to Kyla's. I'll get some pink dye. Then we'll skin a rabbit, and then we can put the fuzzy rabbit skin on the outside of the cuffs. Oh, I like that. Oh, my God. Fuzzies. Do you think the Modrons could make that? Yes. They yes. can make anything. Oh, I have my pink ink. There's yes. a little E that appears on this podcast when you search for it. Now you know why it's there. <laughs> oh, Jonathan, I had a question for you. How often can can you cast Sending? Uh, I can cast it. It's a third level spell, and I have three of them, so I have one left. Point of fact, right, so it's also what I cast Fireball with. You can save this for, for some point in the future, but I was thinking since we ran into um, a being from a, a doppelganger from the Underdark, it might be worth hitting up at some point, not down the line, our one contact that we know in the Underdark for information about. You want me to talk to get. Fluff Bro? Yeah, not Fluff right bro. away, but um, down the pipe, Mike. But you should, next time we talk to Dorvian, ask about Reggie. Are you going to waste all your spells talking to your not a girlfriend? Uh, no, I, I think we're at a. I, I blew this one because I and I didn't really blow it, but I I needed a little bit of clarification because things were very unclear, and I felt that was worth maybe not roasting a set of gnolls today. So that's that's sort of where I where my head was at. But I, we want our we want our magician on on task with a clear mind to be able to focus on the task at hand. I don't want him yes. distracted, so don't I'm okay with him using that. Is there an argument to be made that if he's thinking about Dorveen really intently, he's going to be distracted no matter if it's positive or negative? Well, but not knowing, at least, would be worse, I think. At least then he has something to – he doesn't have to worry about the not knowing. I could eat you up. 
And the thing about people is you have this – and Jonathan, I would say be careful. I have something to live for, so let's people go. People are um, You so are correct. Let's go. Question. Okay. Oh, yes. Now, yes. So the Jonathan Lee, she still has to walk with it. He still has to expand energy. Do I think I can modify the Bernie basket to fit a JMN basket so that way he could, like, rest on my back for eight hours as we're walking? <laughs> The Bernie basket is rather small. No, but it's rather small. It was built for, for a me? gnome. It would take a lot of modification to make it human-sized. Okay. There was a potato, a giant potato sack at the Staghorn Flagon. You All can right. put it in a potato sack. All right. I still have plenty of firepower to, okay. to unleash on people. What's the plan, guys? So definitely we're going to hit up Kylo's, and then I think from there we should... Just head to uh, head north. Just take this these giants, like do some recon, figure out what we're dealing with, and uh, figure out plan of attack to see if we can clear these guys out. All right, I'll talk to Paz, see if he can spare a carton, uh, a cart and some horses. I know oh, most yeah, of the horses, horses on the farm are not his, but there was always one or two that helped around some plow horses. Why don't you so maybe? Why don't you guys do that? Why don't you get our transport ready, get us loaded up with ev- with all our stuff. And you can pick us up from from Kyla's on on the way out of town. Bernie, how about we go see Kyla? Okay. Before you guys go, I take my mirror and hand it to you guys. Give it back to her and tell her I said thanks. Wait a minute. Why did you use this to check your beard? He did. Oh, he did. Okay. Why did you need a perception check? Because it's fun. Because imagine trying. He's got this tiny little hand mirror. Imagine trying to check out a beard from all angles and still be able to look at this mirror. No, that makes sense. That That is not easy. So... Uh, as, as a side note, Jonathan, the actual player, has taken to shaving his head, which is not easy when you're doing it yourself. So, I, okay, I, I'm with you there because I have to use two <laughs> mirrors and I don't often get it right. Okay, so you guys are leaving the pocket house. I make sure to inspect the planner boxes on the way out to see the, how well they came along. Uh, they're still being built. It looks like they're making them in very uh, thin rows next to what looks like every available surface because it was a fairly large living room planter box that they had. Uh, But they're still kind of in the process of transferring everything, but they're well on their way. Hey guys, keep up the good work. Proud of you. So you're all leaving. Mm-hmm. Yes, I yes. high five the Modrons on the way out. I they're like if they're working in a line, I, I high five them on the on the line down like like a basketball game. Good game. Good game. They're not. Good game. They're not in a line, but they're all very happy to high five you on the way out, especially the ones that have more than one arm. It's fun. Oh god, the piddles make like oh, seven of so, them. Okay. He like turns in a circle to get all I, of them. I want to when we come back next, I want an elaborate high five routine with Piddlesmick. Oh my god, this is gonna take forever. It's gonna be like pa 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 pa. It's gonna be like two E Hondas uh doing the hundred hand slap with each other. Secret handshake. <laughs> nice. Well, for the moment, for the Whatever moment, you just get some <laughs> basic high fives. As you leave, are you guys uh, taking, <laughs> are you pretty. closing? Furniture's <laughs> <laughs> just not having it. <laughs> sorry. I'm She's sorry. like, these things are good for one thing only, and that's eyeball poking. <laughs> I, I don't, and, I don't And she hasn't even managed to do that yet. Because I have keep so managing to totally dodge poked out one of them of the in the way. eyeball. You go back once. to your old shows. You will see that once. I have poked them in the eyeball at least once. Once. Okay, as you guys leave, are you taking the pocket house with you? Are you leaving it up? What are you doing? Uh, I think we'll, I think take, we'll it take it with us. Take it yeah. With Okay, so it's about like, you know, 930, 10 o'clock in the morning at this point. You guys close down the pocket house. Who is grabbing the nut? I'll take it. Perfect. 
All right, as you troop downstairs getting ready for uh, to split up and, and do your, your thing, Kara is actually sitting there. It looks like she's been waiting for you kind of in a weird way. And as you come downstairs, she says, oh, good. Um, were you guys going to be around a little bit later or for, for very long? I know you were thinking about leaving today. Uh, we could be around a little bit. Okay, because uh, we got a message from the Tough household, and Leros wanted to stop by before you left. Did you know when you were going to be back? Uh, well, they're just going into town some, for some supplies. Uh, I wanted to talk to Pa for a bit, try to figure out some transportation. So, I mean, it's we're probably not leaving right away. We'll probably still be here through most of the day as we get ready to prepare to protect, uh, take on this threat. Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and send a message back and, and say that you guys are going to be here. Uh, and I'm sure they'll come by quickly. You, they know you wanted to leave pretty soon, but they were pretty insistent on talking to you before you left. Uh, and Kara, question for you. How do you feel about uh, running a business? I've been training under Pod to run his business when he finally wants to retire. So Well, we're going to be out of town for a little bit, and we've inherited the Staghorn Flagon. Would you want to maybe look after it for us and, uh, you know, take care of it while we're away? The staghorn flagon? What happened to Derek? He says, I'm done with Amphel and the fixers, and he's kind of, people know what he did, and so we want to rebuild the brand. Uh, and I think you uh, and Avanthea would be great uh, people to run it. Uh, people seem to like you guys all around, except for Asok, but he's been run out. Maybe use some of Ma's cooking, because it's the best in town. You guys can really build something beautiful here. Yeah. Also, your name's not Derek. <laughs> she thinks about it for a second. Go ahead and roll a, a persuasion check. Oh, yay. Great at those. Hopefully the dice help. Uh. Uh, nine. She thinks about it for a little bit and she says, well, Ma's cooking is really good, but I don't know how much longer Pa's going to want to run run our business here of taking care of the horses. I mean, I'm already taking care of a lot of stuff around the farm and I, I don't think I could run both at the same time well, once I mean, he's ready to it's to only retire. gonna be until we get out i mean if you want to i have like fucking i have mad you mean dorn you're asking dorn, about dorn that's right dorn yeah maybe we could teach dorn to like take on some responsibility does my proficiency well, bonus go up i'll triple check just in case i'm being an idiot but i don't believe your proficiency bonus went up i think it only goes uh proficiency bonus yeah because it went up at five it'll go up again at ninth level so basically when you get stuff kara says well, I'll I'll talk to Dorn. He's still kind of trying to figure out what he's going to do, if he's going to help me run around here or or what. I'll also ask around. I I don't know if I really want to be running a, a, a bar and an inn. That place was always kind of smelly. And, but and Kara, you could make it not smelly. It would be yours. You can make it whatever bar you, do want, you want to be. Do you like horses? I do. That's why I want to be... Pa's replacement when he finally decides to not work anymore. Is he gonna not work anymore within the next, like, week? Week? Probably not, no. Month? No, he's probably gonna start slowing down in the, the next couple of months, I would hope. I mean, he's he's been training me for the last couple of years, so it's probably gonna be several years before he decides to fully hand the whole business over to me. And that's assuming that we even get to stay here. I don't know what's going to happen with these giants. Well, we'll okay, take care of the giants. that's really true. But wouldn't you like to have, like, a second source of income in case you do have to up and leave? And forget about the income source for a little bit. 
I think the recent events have revealed that we need a neutral place for the different houses to meet. And there is a vacuum of power now that the fixture has been run out of town. So I think it might be maybe the bar is the cover or a tavern or a restaurant or whatever you want to do with it is the cover or a pet shop for all I care is the cover for whatever this building is. But maybe it can serve another purpose to make sure that people are protected once the giant threat is neutralized. And that's what I'm saying. It's you and Evanthea. Like you guys, when you're together, you know, she can be in charge of that and you can be in charge of the house. Guests come in. They send the horses to be tended to at the farm. It's kind of win-win. I'll talk it over and I'll I'll talk it over with Pa and see, but probably not anytime soon. We we also have to figure out what's... Because wasn't there like a whole evil lair under that thing too? Don't we have to do something with that? Well, we cleared out the lair. All the more reason to have somebody there that we trust. Well, I'll I'll talk with Pa. We'll see if we can figure something out, but but not not anytime soon. I mean, not until we know for sure. If if we're up and leaving, then I, I only want to worry about the horses and, and the family. Understandable. Uh but but definitely I'll get that message off to uh Sarah Tuff and let them know that, that you're gonna be here. Uh how soon do you think you're gonna be back? You said you're going to Kyla's? Yes. Okay, uh, then you'll probably be back shortly. They'll they'll probably be here when you get back. Cool. And she kind of awkwardly leaves the room. She's kind of mulling over a couple of things in the back of her head, and you see her kind of leave out the front door and, and head off. Well, I hope we get to see her again before we leave. Let's go. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys head on over to Kyla's. It's mid-morning, and town is bustling and her door is open and there's a a weird kind of rancid smell no smoke just as you walk into her shop it there's a scent there that's almost rotten eggs if rotten eggs came dipped in mustard it's weird kyla yes hold on hold on and she comes running from the back kind of pokes her head out, her b- blonde hair just in this big disheveled state. It's usually kind of up and, and tightly in a bun, but you can see it's just kind of everywhere. And she looks out at you from kind of the behind the counter way in the back where there's apparently another room. And she says, oh, good. Keep the door open. Everything smells. And she disappears again. What is this charming new smell you've discovered, dear? Don't worry. It's not poisonous. Oh, no, that certainly was not the first on my list of worries. Is it permanent? Uh, There is a moment as you guys enter and you can see that she's, uh, you can hear some noise in the back and some clanking and some weird stuff. And then she finally comes walking out. She, uh, hair is still kind of this crazy mess, but she seems otherwise okay and, and put together. She is... Uh, waving her hand in front of her face and then moves up to the counter and rummages around a little bit and then pulls out a, a bag and opens it up and says, here, m- mint leaves. Chew on one of these. It'll help with the and smell. I'm so sorry. And shove my face in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> and she hands each of you a little mint leaf and it, it kind of cuts down on the smell. It tastes says, a little burned. And I look at Bernie. <laughs> as it, says, it, it tastes a little of Bernie face. <laughs> I, my face is still in this bag, and I'm just breathing deeply. And and you're you're okay, although it's now oh that's a lot of mint, and you know strong mint. And Kyla says, "I'm so sorry. I was just working on some soap, and I was trying something, and oh, it's, 
that was a bad idea. I'm so sorry. What can I help you with? Well, my friend here is in need of some burn cream. Yes, I find oh. myself on the on the receiving end of lots of japs from my from my team and frequently get burned. So this is part of the burn cream. Ha ha. That's a funny joke. Also, I may be um getting involved in a relationship with a tiefling and so last lubricating. <laughs> A little of A, a little of B, a little bit of, of, ow, just cuddling might hurt a bit. So I just, I need, I need a salve to, to help out with that. Kyla nods. And despite your teammates joking, she is listening and thinking about what you're saying with the, the clinical mind almost of a doctor. Doesn't smile and, mm-hmm, okay. Uh, oh, a tiefling. Well, Unless she wants to, she's not actually going to hurt you. Is is that going to be? Are you worried about that? Oh, honey, my, a yes. little. <laughs> I think bit. my experience with teethlings is that unless they, on purpose, they, they've got that fire thing that they can do. I, I, I've known a couple tieflings, and they've always been in control of that kind of thing. Uh, we might be getting into some situations where control might be lacking. He's not going to have any pubic hair. <laughs> nope. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. going to unintentionally go hairless here. All right. So burn cream. Yes. Hold on a second. And she goes out into the main shop and grabs a, a little clay pot that she brings on over. It's got a, a cork lid on the top. And she says, this should work very well if you would like. It it should, you just rub it on. It should uh, aloe and some other nice things. It's not really going to do much healing, but it should cool and calm the area until you can see your gnomish friend, which I gather probably, probably not happening at the same, this is no, not, you're not, out fighting, no. this is mm-hmm. other, okay, yes. Not at so, the same time, no, that's not a thing I'm going to be even in the same city for. I, okay. I am, I, yeah, that, no, no, no. There won't be any, uh, a combat healing for this encounter, wink. The puns just made it so much worse, and I don't know why you insist on embarrassing me like this. <laughs> <laughs> the price for this just went into triple digits. Okay. Oh my god, so <laughs> Most of what you say, either Kyla is good about ignoring or poof, over her head. You're not quite sure. I swear to either- God, if I don't get to meet a really fucking hot gnome dude at some point <laughs> in this adventure, I'm going to be so mad because all these three do is leer at women. And- oh, hey, I've leered at one woman. <laughs> in fairness, there there was a really hot guy back in Anfield. He wasn't a gnome, but when you leered at him, he kind of leered back. That's true, but there's there was- a size differential there. Like... Yes, but that is is your own problem. That is your own hang-up, if I may say so myself. <laughs> anyway, Kyla puts the clay pot down on the counter and says, uh, for you, just two gold, just to cover the expenses and everything. After everything you've done and all the work, I, I'd feel bad about charging anything more than that. I'll take two if you got them. I only have the one at okay, the most, that's fine. but this is this is several applications. You sh- you should be fine for days of fun. Let's Thank not you. get ahead of ourselves, there, kiddo. <laughs> oh, 
and I'm glad you're here. I have your ink. I was and about she, to say, your inks are here too. She runs off and comes back with a, a small wooden crate, kind of the, the kind of thing that you'd put like straw in and, and carry valuables. And inside is a bed of straw and seven little ink vials uh, with a stopper on each. And there is a dot of color on top of each on the, the cork stopper that because all of the, the vials are they're clay vials that are whatever color they are. So uh, you can see there's a red, an orange, a yellow, a green, a blue, a purple, and kind of a translucent one with some sparkles in it. <gasps> with a variety of sparkles. And she hands the, the crate on over. There's also uh, two what look like turkey feathers shaved to be quills in inside the box. And she says, I'm I'm actually very proud of the purple one. It came out almost a lavender. It's very nice. Ooh, how much do I owe you? Uh, you already paid, so you I are did okay. already pay, didn't I? Oh, I'm it was going a little to... while ago. You've been a little, a little busy. I understand. A little busy. Yeah, coast. people died. <laughs> yes, I understand. But it sounds like all the right people died. Yep, yes, we, they did. We we done killed some folks. Now, I have one last favor to ask you, Kyla, because you look like a woman who's rather interesting. Do you know where we can get a pair of nice leather handcuffs? Handcuffs? Like manacles? A little more comfortable than that. <laughs> oh, well, more comfortable than that, I would just go with rope. How do you, I, you know, I'm going to let you two, you two kids decide that then. Thank, thank you. I appreciate that. We'll figure I'm things sure out. I'm sure there'll be a special <laughs> we'll figure it store out. when we get back Who to Waterdeep. Who are you trying? Uh, did you take prisoners when I didn't? I thought you had killed everybody that was in. I heard everybody had died, but do you have prisoners? I this might be gift. the prisoner. <laughs> this is a gift. Oh. <laughs> I didn't say it. You said it. Yeah. I Actually, before we go, I want to end on a more, more commerce-driven a more commerce driven thing. Uh Kyla, do you do you stock any magic inks and quills? Do do I stock? No, not you there's not a lot of call for that around okay, here. Okay, that's You're, fine. Sorry, I just water deep would be the closest place. I bet we can get some really nice handcuffs in the water deep. Probably. I think you can get anything in water deep. Kyla. Oh, we are. We appreciate everything you've done for us and hopefully our paths cross again. Yeah, don't get stomped by a giant or eaten. Yeah, you either. Be careful, and hopefully I will see you soon. And thank you again. And have fun with your inks! Oh, I'm gonna forge all kinds of beautiful documents. Bye! <laughs> forge one for me! <laughs> oh, she yeah. says. And you get the sense she doesn't actually know what she's asking you to do. <laughs> she's just being like, ah, bye. Am I gonna, I'm gonna, like, take spare time. Like, anytime we've got, like, 15 minutes that we're not doing anything, and I'm going to make her a second identity just for funsies. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you can, like, in the evening, just before you go to sleep, you can spend a little bit of time and just start working on all the paperwork. Okay, you pick up your your information and stuff, and as you head back to the Eagle Shields place, you can see that there's now a collection of people outside of the Eagle Shields. You can see most of the Eagle Shield family is there, as well as a fairly large contingent of what's probably men from the Tuff household. You do, as you get closer, recognize Laros Tuff. They are all off their horses, but there's just, like, 
about a dozen of these black chargers outside the door. As you guys come walking up, both Melser and uh, Laros walk over to you and Melser says, uh, was there anything else you needed to do? Because Laros wanted to, to talk with you before you left. And of course, I wanted to make sure that we gave you a proper goodbye. Yeah, no, I just wanted to inquire about possibly procuring a horse and cart. I know there are kind of few around on the farm that are actually yours that you could sell, but I wanted to see if there was one that you wouldn't mind parting with, so that way we had some travel accommodations along the road. At this point, Laros speaks up, and he he says, I believe I can help with that. And he turns and motions towards some of the the men that he's come with. And one of them comes walking on forward with uh, four of the black chargers in tow. And Laros kind of stands up a, a little bit straighter. You can see that he's got his helmet off to his side, but he's in his, his full heavy armor regalia. And he says, I have been instructed by my lord to offer you whatever assistance I can on thy task to see what lies to the north and it occurs to me that all speed would be necessary in the discovery of this information thus i present to you this gift and i uh, you can see there's now these four four of these black chargers saddles bridles the whole nine yards and he says these are a gift from our family they are trained but they are some of our faster horses. They are not true war horses with the training you would need in order to fight with them, but they are sturdy and they are loyal and may they serve you quickly and swiftly on, on your task. He looks at, he actually turns to you, Bernie, and he says, I understand that you already have a mount, but... We wanted to offer you this gift, and we do understand if our gift only ends up carrying your supplies, if you are more comfortable on your mount, that is truly understandable. And he then bows to you. Oh, that's super sweet. Super, super, super sweet. Um, would I even fit on that? You'd totally fit, but getting onto it would probably take Carlton lifting you up and putting it on. The 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 saddle that's currently on there looks to be a normal size saddle, which you could use, but it might not be the most comfortable thing. And then getting off. These are the black chargers are massive uh warhorse stock. They're they're Clydesdale sized. So th these are large enough to carry Carlton, you would, falling off, would take fall damage. However, that being said, if you wanted to ride one, there's no penalty for riding it. You're just going to need to be placed onto it and placed off, which so, is probably why Laros had this little prepared speech for you. So, like, how would Coco Snoot do in terms of speed with these? He'd be fine. Uh, in a flat-out run, the the Chargers might outpace him a little bit. But he could but... keep up for traveling purposes. Oh, yeah. For traveling, there would be no problems. I go to inspect the horses, and I like start to like look at it and pet it. And I go to look at it in the mouth. And I remember Pa once taught me that you never look a gift horse in the mouth. So I, I, I recuse myself from doing that. Uh, and I look at this one, and I'm like, you shall be Horsey McHorseface. 
<laughs> Steed of Carlton. And I'm going to say, Sir Loris, this is such a sweet, sweet gift. I don't know that I'm physically capable of writing it, but I will call him Peanut Butter. Well, you are free to name them and use them however you see fit. And if the gods are kind, they will be nothing but aid on your journey. And you can see that all four of them are outfitted with a bridle and a bit. They've got saddlebags and a riding saddle. And um, he shows you where um, they each come with a, a bag of feed on them. They've outfitted each of them with about uh, 15 pounds of feed, which will go for quite a few days, probably about four or five days. And then you can also graze along the way. So they've, they've made sure you're pretty well outfitted and he, they hand over the reins and Mouser kind of nods and says they're, they're gorgeous animals and they will, they will certainly aid you well. Uh, and Sir Laros, uh, my friend Jonathan the Magimuscular has this new thing where he just likes to randomly pop into people's thoughts and say things. So if that randomly happens for information, don't be alarmed. Yes, uh, it's if, gonna with be your weird. With your permission, uh, Sir Laros, I would contact you or you, Mouser, uh, with uh, with anything we might need. Frankly, uh, and I would contact uh, Sir Laros first. But if we if we needed to, just just so you know, I'm, this is going to be a new thing. I'm telling people I could potentially message that I could that I may message them at some point if necessary. The two men nod towards you, and Laros says. I I appreciate the the advanced warning. A sudden words in my head without my knowledge would be disturbing. So uh, please keep me apprised of anything that you find to the north. And I hold out my hand and I say, absolutely. Thank you so much for the gift. And I hop on my horse and get get a get a feel for her. <laughs> Yeah, he bows to all you again and goes through and shakes all your hands. And unless there's anything else with him, he is going to uh, remount his horses and they're going to ride off. The only person that actually stays behind is Avanthia. And so you are, while, while Jonathan is bouncing up and down on his horse, uh, Avanthia and the rest of the Eagle Shields come on over. You see uh, Miri has a, a large bag with her that she hands on over to Carlton and says, I didn't want to bake anything that was going to spoil so it's it's mostly simple things but here and she hands it over and when you look inside you see just kind of a variety of fruits and vegetables looks like some pies um and uh, some dried goods kind of some uh dried stuffs for for food along the way and she says and if if you can tell if you can let us know what's going on as well so that we can be prepared because we need to we need to make sure that everybody is safe if we have to leave for sure and at this point i'm pretty sure i'm like towering over her since like the like when i first like last time i left so when she hands it over and does her spiel i kind of kiss her gingerly on like the top of her forehead just towering over her and i'm like thanks ma we'll we'll be sure to if we can't contact you directly we'll be sure to have laros relay anything we tell him she steps back and Dorn and Kara and Avanthea uh, walk up, up with Melser and Avanthea. She's wearing what, what looks like hardcore riding gear. She's actually even got a sword to her side. And she says, I wanted to thank you again for everything that you've done for me specifically. 
And I, I do have a request. What's that? So, it's hard for me to admit this, but I believe that Lord M. Carthra was kind to his son. And if it had been anyone else proclaiming judgment on him, he would be dead. And no, no, so... Say no more. Say no more. I No, I think it's important that I say this, because if I had had the opportunity, I would have killed him. No, no, no. Plausible and deniability. Plausible deniability. Kara... Let the woman finish! Kara puts a, a hand on Avanthea's shoulder and says... You don't want to, you wouldn't want to. You'd feel horrible afterwards, no matter how much the asshole deserves it. You wouldn't want to. And Avanthea just kind of motions to, to let her be. And she looks all four of you in the eyes and she says, I'm not asking you to hunt him. I'm not asking you to, to go after him in any way. But I will say this, if your paths cross again and you find it within your power to kill him, please let me know. I would be forever grateful. The entire time she's speaking about this, I'm like, no, no, shut up. I know what you're saying. I'm, and she's like, go ahead and kill him. I'm just like smiling and nodding like, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, maybe we should invite him and be like, hey, like, rebuild your name, regain your honor, and then we just kill him. And then I'm like, no, it, it'll be too obvious. And then I'm like, so I'm like planning we, this in my if head. If we see him again, he's as good as dead. Yeah, his last name might as well be Shitheel now. It's not named Carthur anymore. And Vathia? Yes? Has uh, Kara approached you about my proposition that I had earlier with her? The proposition? And they... Oh, here we she go. looks at Kara, and Kara looks back oh, at yeah. her with your word, and is just like, Oh, I know I haven't talked... No, wait, no, no, not yet. No, well, but I'm... Well, we'll talk about this later. We'll talk about this later. Carlton, and propositions can mean a lots of things. Let's go. The two of them look a little embarrassed, but they're still holding hands. And well, I look at her, I'm like, you're like family now, and I trust you. Well, thank you. And there is... What kind of family? There is no adequate way to thank you for everything that you've done for, for this entire town, but I can only speak for myself, and thank you. And she kind of squeezes Kara's hand a little bit tighter, and she says, thank you for... For everything. I get, I kind of get both of them and give them both a big bear hug, like just... <laughs> Kara remembers this and is very quick to just glomp right back on. It takes, especially since she was trying to be a little formal, it takes Avanthea a moment and you, you feel her stiffen for a second and th then she she's very quick to join in the, the hug. And then Dorn, who's standing nearby, is just like, yup! and jumps on <laughs> and i, I kind of like rub my knuckles on top across the top of his head like tousling his hair as you guys separate dorn looks up at you and says how many giants are you gonna kill all of them good kill them all come back with stories i'll bring you i'll bring you a toenail mauser kind of pulls him back and says don't go killing giants they're trouble please stick definitely... to the goblins and the orcs that you're used to I know that you're going to have it your way Don't or nothing go at all. killing giants But I now. think we're getting out of here way too fast. <laughs> High fives. High fives all around. <laughs> High fives all around. Bernie's dead. Uh, Mouser says... I love them. I love TLC. Why must you do this? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they're just, they're just praying. They're just praying. That's all. Because 
giants are scary. So Mouser says, be careful. If it's possible, let us know. But I, I do agree. Laros is probably a better person to warn if if the town needs to be evacuated quickly. The, the Tufts are in a better position to contact everyone than we are. But that being said, if you can get in touch with us, please let us know at least that, that the four of you are okay. Will do, Pa. Will do. And I, get, I give him a nice firm handshake. And he is very quick to pull you into a hug. Miri as well comes over. Uh, the two of them, once they've hugged you, go through and, and uh, shake hands with the rest of you, kind of giving you pats on the shoulders. Um, and I hug are, everybody's uh, legs. <laughs> and once they see that you're going to be that familiar, they'll they'll reach down and, and reciprocate the hug. Um they're even going to give Shadow a little bit of a scratch behind the ear. Who's, <laughs> is, unless there's anything else you do, the, they're going to step back and let you mount your new horses. Yay! I'm going to call mine. You need to put on the horse. I'm calling mine Bojack Horse Horse. Bojack. Okay, that's where we're going with this. Well, right. now, that, now that my first choice is gone, I guess I'll go with... Uh... <laughs> that's why I spoke up! That's why I spoke up! That's so okay, I have a backup. Horse face, Bojack Horse Horse. Yeah, and then... And peanut butter. Kutira. Kut- it's, uh, it's horse in Malayalam, so Kutira. Alright, I'm gonna call you Apacha. Oh god, no. Because <laughs> You can't go back to the only word is you know that in that language. Gray I see in your beard. Yeah, Apacha's growing a beard. No, I meant that was not like your beard. I was making jokes hey, your character. I got th- three more months before I'm even an uppa, let alone uppacha. So let's one step at a time. You're still going to be older than all of them. Bojack horse horse. You're a great <laughs> horse horse. And as promised, the horses are very well trained. You guys, uh, they're simple saddles. They're not the, the war horse saddles. They're not the military saddles. While the horses are well trained and uh, you've been told because of their, their training, they're probably not going to bolt when they get into a fight. None of you are trained on a war horse. So I train on a war dog. You're kind of. you benefit got... from growing up on a horse farm? Nope. Uh, you know how to ride horses. Absolutely. And Bernie, you know how to ride dogs, and you do have a military saddle on Coco Snoot, which will help you in case somebody tries to knock you off. But the rest of you, as as much as they are large horses, they are just horses, but they are very well trained, and they do have stamina for days. So as you guys leave and head north along We're gonna the- do a lead so that Peanut Butter is attached to one of the other horses, because I can't attach him to my dog. I'll use the Jonathan leash. Like, we can just, like... If I use it on peanut butter, I can't use it on you. That's true. And there's no snowstorms yet. We are going north, right? We are. You are headed north. I mean, it sounds like you're headed north. That's where you were thinking about going. Yes. Yep. Yes. We're going to ride out, and hopefully we'll run into bucks on the way. And I think think we're coming for you, buddy. Uh, You don't feel or hear anything back. Yeah, I know. I kind of figured, but it's just to myself, just to make myself feel better, because I'm... I'm worried about my owl, buddy. Yeah, well, it's it's been a little while, so... All right, so you guys mount up. Are you just going to continue along the long road north, or are you going in a different direction? Let's just go I north. Think that's, yeah, yeah, long nor- long road. Okay. The aptly named. The aptly named long road. You guys travel for the rest of the day. Uh, no issues. Camp for the night in kind of on the side of the road. I'm assuming you guys set up watches, you've got the horses, you've got Shadow. You get 
much further than you think that you would. Uh, you guys have been kind of used to hoofing it, and now you can literally hoof it. Aww. And uh, 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 the, you you get pretty far. It was kind of like when you guys jumped onto the caravan when you were first on the long road. It, it definitely helps eat up those miles. You camp for the night, get up early enough the next morning, and continue up the long road. About... Six or seven hours into your second day of travel, Jonathan, you feel Buck's ping. Buddy! Are you okay? Are you, are you all right? Awesome. <laughs> oh, right, right. How, how are, uh, how was, how was things? I, I was, sorry, I was distracted. I'm just happy to see you, buddy. As you guys kind of rein in for a second, um, so that Bucks can, you, you can, you get the sense as you ask how has he been that he's been circling in a weird way thinking that you might have worked your way north to find him. So as you ping he then kind of has to straighten out and come towards you. Within a moment he lands on your shoulder <laughs> and <laughs> he is happy Ow, to see buddy. you. He is happy to see all of you. He is happy that you are all doing okay. And then uh Jonathan you get uh, basically an update from Bucks on what's been going on over the last couple of days. So he relays to you in sped up video fashion uh, because it is currently the evening of the 11th. It's been like two and a half days since he's been gone. He flew north on your directive, heading towards Red Larch, winging his way um, over the trees, kind of settling when he thought he saw either a predator in the sky or, or something else dangerous. About halfway to Red Larch, he stopped to examine what looks like the remains of a caravan, a very large caravan, maybe a dozen or so carts. No bodies, no horses, and you can see uh, his cursory inspection, he kind of did a couple of circles, flew over, and then kept going. But you can see the carts are just battered and destroyed. The contents of most of these carts, they've been like peeled open like they were a chest or a, a nut or something, and contents have either been spilled all over the road, and it obviously happened probably a couple of days ago, so everything's kind of already been ransacked or eaten or taken by animals, but you don't see any carcasses of any animals or any humanoids, which is a little weird. Uh, he did see blood, so there was obviously some kind of fight, but he circled over that for a little bit, and then he started to continue north, and then noticed that there were some footprints, and knowing that he was looking for giants followed the footprints and ends up going east uh, a couple miles into the woods searching through the woods until the footprints lead him to where there are actually two giants they're not coming directly from this caravan that was destroyed that obviously happened several days ago these giants are coming from the northwest, almost kind of from the direction of Red Larch, but he's still like half a day flight from there. They are carrying uh, two large sacks on their backs, and one of them has a dead cow under his arm. And the two of them are walking very quickly to the east. And as Bucks gets closer, you, you can see that they're 
big brutish giants, very little in the way of, of arm armor. Uh, only one of them is wearing shoes. They look dirty and disheveled and a bit fat, but they're huge and they're not talking to each other. As they continue to troop through the woods, the pace is, it's quick for giants, but Bucks is able to, to kind of keep up and he's keeping far enough back. And he follows them for half a day where they then descend out of the woods into a small clearing where you can see there is a, a mill next to a small stream and half the mill is just destroyed. It's, it's as if someone took the entire wall and just ripped it off of this thing and bucks avoids going close stays in the trees and kind of looks out as these two giants walk down and over the next hour surveys this area where there seems to be a clan of these creatures he eventually counts uh 32 of them although he doesn't go into the actual building uh just from what he can see wandering about the two that approach they they're talking to each other but bucks can't understand the language that they're speaking in and it does seem to include a lot of grunts and and like guttural noises a fight at one point breaks out between two giants it, it's fairly quickly over they just kind of pummel each other for a little while and the the two that arrived are brought inside to this the part of the the mill that is still cut off that is hasn't been completely destroyed as the sun goes down bucks leaves and wings his way up to red larch which takes him most of the evening and does a circle over red larch and what you see is the remnants of a long destroyed town this the ground is almost bare it's weird there's the the grass is brown and scraggly despite the fact that the snow here is is pretty light it's still a pretty light snowfall for this this time of the winter but the the grass is just dead the stream that comes nearby red larch has this green tint to it that bucks can immediately tell is unhealthy the town itself appears to be deserted there's no movement a lot of the buildings are the doors are either open or parts of them are torn down if it wasn't for a closer inspection or your knowledge of this town you'd think that this had been an abandoned town for months but the at least some of the buildings look like they're they're not totally decayed all the trees in the area are dead there's no animals anywhere. There's no bodies anywhere. And then as Bucks does a final pass and then starts down the long road to try to catch up with you, which would have happened basically this morning, he does catch sight on the edge of his vision what looks like an orc moving between the buildings. And he angles on over in that direction. And go ahead and roll a perception check for Bucks. Uh, with advantage? If he gets advantage, then yes. Uh, I believe that is a 21. Okay. Yes. He's able to get close enough just before this, this orc dashes into the this house to get a, a closer look at him. Looks like he's wearing ratty clothes, kind of half of 
a pair of shoes that are half falling off. He's carrying a pack on his back. An older being, a little bit hunched, longer arms. He's almost using one of his arms almost like like an ape would to run. And he gets into the building, closes the door, and Bucks can just see on the periphery of his vision these dark shapes that had been... looked like they might have been chasing him, bleed back into the, the darkness. And at that point, Bucks gets back on his wing and comes and finds you. Excellent job, Bucks. I relay all of this to the party. And Bucks falls asleep halfway through you saying that. I say, oh, oh, buddy, that's that's fine. Shh. And so I I put him in the most comfortable position that I can on my saddle or, or wherever he's not going to be disturbed. Like, I, I don't want him. Okay. I, I want to make sure he sleeps. But I, I turn to everyone else after I've gotten done. And it's like, so, yeah, we have some options, it seems. Yeah. Hmm. 32 giants, and and at least we know where they are. And I don't know that that orc himself was a threat, but whatever was chasing him was. If we do go to Red Larch, he might be someone we talk to. to He could have information. Right, to figure out what's going on. Yeah. How far out did Bucks think that the horde of giants was from uh, hitting Amphel? From Amphel? Well... They're so they're like east of Red Larch. So they're and they don't okay, look so they're like not, they're, they're not like coming down. So they're do we have a map? Way. Can we think about this on a map? Is there a map? Sorry. There is. Hold on a second. Let I me think really. See. I'm such a spatial thinker, and I'm trying to put this all in my head, and I just rather look at it. No, that's fine. So while you're pulling that up, what if if he, they're east of Red Larch? What if we keep our way to Red Larch and just. Once, like, every other day or so, we just send Bucks out to scout to kind of keep tabs on the Horde to make sure they're not moving. Once we get there, maybe. We've already asked a lot of him in the scouting department. No, I, I understand. I understand. I, I, I know what, what you're getting at. And that's, that is smart. That's what I'm just, not like every day, but like every couple days, every other day, something like that. We just, hey, go do, come there, just there and back, just see if they're still there. I, I, I have a feeling... This will go, and I, I actually lower my voice a bit, and I go, this will probably go better if we have a, a constant supply of small rats in game for him. I can make that happen. Awesome. I'll, I'll find him some small, okay. small, small game. I'll, I'll bring it up with him and see how he feels. Um, since he's been out for so long, he might just want to stick around for a bit, but he may also see the the logic of doing that because definitely we we would I, I we want to keep tabs on them. And I, I actually, I replay my memory. Does it look like the place that the giants were camped at, were, was it lived in? and Or did it look like they were, they, it, what, did it look more like they were getting ready to pack up and, and get, get going? Uh, from Bucks' perspective, it didn't look like there was any packing or getting ready to leave. He wasn't willing to get close enough because of the number of giants that he saw right. and the fact that it was kind of a more of an open field, but it didn't look like there was any indication that they were leaving. In fact, there were two giants delivering things. So maybe not. Yeah. I'm going to when we when Jonathan, when we when we rest for the night, when we make camp, I'll go out in the woods and I'll find Buck some some small game. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I think I I think the giant attack is is 
I, I don't think they're going to because like like we had pointed out, they they would have already if they were going to go that way. But we might need to treat with them to see what drove them out. Yeah, we can't kill 30 giants. We can't. and I can. Well, no, okay. No, you, no, 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 no. But Challenge I, accepted. I, I, think, I, I think what we do is we're not going to, even if we use all the stealth possible, we're, you're right, we're not going to kill them. I, I think we talk to them first, see if we can get in any information, and if we get into a fight, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I think at this point we could probably, we could at least do some damage and then run. Do you think we could do two at a time? We're not. I think we could do two at a time. I, I don't, we're not, we're not going to try and figure out inside out encryption, all right? Whatever that is. Um, but uh, I, we, we should gather some information from them because I think their being there is a symptom, not the cause. I think those fucking shadows that were chasing that orc is the cause. All right. So we go talk to the orc. We'll talk to the orc. Then we'll figure out if we even want to talk to the giants and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Cause I'll, I could definitely treat with the orc. And I it just, is, learned, it is my first tongue. And I just learned giants. So that might help. Well, there we go. Oh, how, uh, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but maybe the the Viceroy of Glenmar and his and his courtiers uh, pay a visit to some giants. I know. I know, Bertie, I'm with you there, but... We should, we we should definitely We should keep all our options of, open. But we should also let the uh, the good people of Amphil know. I don't think they have the force to take on 32 giants, regard, even within all the houses, but they should at least know what they're up against. Well, we've, we've long rested, so you have your three slots back if you want to... Give them an update. Uh sure. I'll I'll figure I'll figure that out on my own, and I'll I'll uh yeah I'll figure that out for next time. Yeah, because I think now is a good time to stop, and next time you can decide. It's basically late in the evening uh, on your second day of travel. You can rest for the night, uh, do whatever it is you want to do before you rest, and we'll figure that out next time. And uh, then when you wake up the next morning, you can decide. Where you want to go from there? Because uh, where you are on the long road, you you can either start to go off off road and head towards the giants. You can keep going north towards what looks like to be the ruins of Red Larch, or say screw it and go to Westwood and go shopping. I don't know. Either shopping way, montage. shopping montage, shopping shopping montage, shopping in the Westwood. All right. Wait, why would we go shopping in the Westwood? What? Who owns a store in the Westwood? The elves. Oh, this is going to be really awkward for Travancore then. Why? Only if he's fleeced an elf shopkeeper he's in the Westwood elf. recently. Elves are racist towards half uh, elves. This Lauren, is going to suck. Based on this map you've given us now. Yes. Uh how how far along from Amphil have we traveled? Are we at this manor place? Um a little bit further. So on the horses, you guys can go 30 miles in an 8-hour day. Oh, if you ever choose really to go nice. further than that, uh you can. Each of those hexes if I remember is a 10, ten. mile. Yep. Yeah, so we're like yeah. one one or two hexes above. 1 2 3 1 2. Yeah. So uh basically where Bucks remembers. So you're almost halfway to Red Larch. Okay. So two more days to Red Larch. You could do two more days to Red Larch, or from where Bucks remembers these giants being camped, you're within a day. <gasps> so you could leave in the morning and kind of go off road to the east because they were they were not 
terribly far off the road and uh, you could get to where the giants are within eight hours. But we'll do that next time when we come back and see which way you guys go. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or www.libshark.com and see you next encounter.